we are back. I am DJ Bruja, otherwise known as Bruce Riley, Deputy Director of Voters Organized Educate. And we are here for the first time ever in a field operation uh, outside in the sun in um, none other than Cancer Alley, Louisiana. And we have some wonderful guests here today. We have Miss Ann Rawls from the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. We have Devin Davis, who's usually behind the ones and twos, but now he's here on camera with us. And we also have Ms. Lindsay Cheek, uh, candidate for attorney general and a litigator uh, on some of the issues around here. But so first, I just uh, let's let's start with you, Ann. Tell us a little bit about where we are and, you know, maybe how that connects with some of the work that you do. We are sitting right now across. Well, we're well, we're surrounded. Well, you know, uh, I don't I like to not ground the geography here in the petrochemical plants. It's mm. hard not to because they've taken over this this whole stretch of the Mississippi mm -hmm. River. But we are sitting next to the beautiful Mississippi River uh, on historic land. Actually, we're the site of the 1811 slave revolt. And for me, that's really important as we think about a, a, a different vision for this river. So mm. the current use of the river is one that is uh, dominated by the petrochemical industry. So we're across the river from Dow, uh, Shell, and another chemical plant are behind us. And then if you, you know, would just head to New Orleans, you'd see hundreds more petrochemical plants. Mm -hmm. and I think what's interesting is how you said dominated by the petrochemical industry, right? But it's, all, it's powered by workers, right? Right? Everyday people. Mm -hmm. Yes. So mm -hmm. dominated by petrochemical, but run by everyday people. Everyday people. Yeah. So, Ann, tell us uh, just a little bit about the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. We work with people along this river who live next to oil refineries or chemical plants or potentially a site that is going to be turned into one. So mm -hmm. for several years now, we've been working very intensely with people in St. James Parish. Uh, the, the parish officials and the state officials have the, the objective to completely industrialize two of the majority black districts of that parish and and really wipe them off the face of the earth and give them over to, for example, the Koch brothers, mm -hmm. right? The Koch brothers want to expand their methanol plant. And so what the Louisiana Bucker Brigade does is partner with people who are in that line of fire to fight back, to protect their homes, to protect our state and all the places that we love, and then transform it into something different and, and vibrant and thriving. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, a great... Um segue you know to, to talk to you Devin a little bit um, you understand you got some roots here why don't you tell us also from your perspective like where we are yeah um, my family is from the Garyville area that's about 10 minutes up the river this way um, that's my ancestral homeland that's where my family has been for generations dating back to slavery um, as I was telling Bruce the other day, we were looking at a uh, Catholic church in St. John of Parish on the other side of the river. And I informed her, I was like, that's the church where they used to bring slaves to to baptize them from the plantation down the street, which conveniently is the one that my ancestors were also slaves at. Um, this area is quote, locally termed as Cancer Alley. Um, Cancer Alley, not just because of the petrochemical plants that line this area, but to the detrimental health that's been inflicted on black communities and on poor communities throughout this entire corridor. Um, something interesting about these plants is 
if you look at a over overview map of where these plants exist compared to where sugar factories used to exist compared to where plantations used to exist they all overlap mm. it's just been a continuation you know there's been one form of slavery transition to a different form of slavery now transition to a new form of slavery almost mm. like a master plan right exactly mm-hmm. a lot of these advanced people and supported and funded by mm-hmm. yep Exactly. Um, And a lot of these communities uh, are people who have been there for generations, not because they want to live somewhere that has toxic air and toxic water, but because you put them in a cycle of poverty where they're stuck working at these oil refineries and at these petrol plants that end up killing them. Yeah, and in a lot of parts of not just this state, but, you know, in this country, you know, the almost dark humor joke is you've got a choice between working at Walmart or at the prison. And, you know, Walmart is actually the number one employer in Louisiana. People want to maybe say it's Dow Chemical or something like that. But there's something like 32,000 people in the state that work for Walmart. And one of the, says one a lot of the about biggest us, uh, right? advocates against uh, raising the minimum wage, too. Yeah. They've, so, Lindsay, you've worked in this area. Uh, you've, you've had some cases. You've You've talked to some potential jurors. Uh, the word cancer has come up quite a bit. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, from some of the client perspectives that you've heard, you know, what is it like to, you know, they, you know, I almost said like fight City Hall, right? But like this version of fighting City Hall, what is it like to fight against these multinational corporations? Well, everyone tries to tell you that it's, there's, it's hopeless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you told me that 10 years ago, I, I probably would have told you to F off, <laughs> even still today, because the refineries around here that I'm seeing, just sitting here, Marathon in Garyville, Shell, Norco, which is this whole area, mm-hmm. ExxonMobil, Union Carbide, which is up in Taft, and so many of these other big refineries I have litigate, litigated against and tried cases to verdict. But just sitting here looking at all of it, it brings a different perspective even to me. And yesterday we actually went and visited with some former clients of mine. And they are hardcore Republicans, you know. They think that if you regulate industry or what the thought is, I guess the propaganda that has been dumped on people for their whole life is, if you regulate industry, it will take jobs away. But I don't think you should have to choose between getting a good job being able to pay your bills or getting cancer. And that's yeah. the choice that people are being faced with. And my clients, uh, yesterday, they they articulated some of that so well, how their family is rooted here. My course is Devin, and they can't leave. They don't want to leave. Mm. They don't want to be forced to leave. Mm-hmm. It's not like anybody's knocking on their door telling them, by the way, we're exposing you to carcinogens every day, but stay here and hang out and just <clears throat> keep on living your life and we'll take care of you one day maybe it's impressive how long you know these companies traditionally can can know about the dangers the carcinogens Not lie about it it is we'll get away shameful. with the lie well yeah shameful indeed the biggest cover-up 10 20 30 50 years um you know everyone i think understands tobacco litigation why that went down lead paint litigation, why they went down, asbestos litigation. It was always about the cover-up, right? It wasn't necessarily that they knew going in, but it, like then they found out soon thereafter. Um, so 
what, I mean, what, and I just wanted to say like, what is the point of having regulations if we have governments that don't want to like enforce them? Well, that's a great question. It, it's, it's really, it's really a terrible situation here where, where look, the, the head of the Department of Environmental Quality under John Bell Edwards was an Exxon retiree. He had uh -huh. worked there for 20 years, and then 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 our governor picks him to to lead the Department of Environmental Quality. So, yeah, it's it's a a really terrible situation, and it is why the work of people who live along this stretch of the river why it's so very impressive. Because mm -hmm. despite local government, state government, and all the agencies that really want to wipe them out of existence in favor of industry. Even with all of those hurdles, people are winning. I mean, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. But when, when we fight back uh, with smarts and with some resources and with a clear strategy and goal, we do win. And, you know, it's like a lot of situations. We can't just sit back and hope that the state of Louisiana is going to protect us. It's clear that, that the state will not protect us. So we're protecting ourselves. The, reg the regulatory scheme, right? What's the biggest punishment for a corporation that dumps carcinogens into the air, earth, and water here? Yeah. Look, mm -hmm. it, it, What's the worst thing that happens to them? Yeah. In, in southwest Louisiana, there's a huge gas export facility that was in its first year of operating. It started in 2022. Its first year of operations, it had over 2,000 permit violations. <clears throat> The, the, we brought it to, to the attention of the state. You know, they're thinking about it, thinking about it for months. What are they going to What are they going to do? Meanwhile, the same company, which is called Venture Global, we call them Vulture Global. Mm -hmm. They, in their first year and a half, made eighteen point two billion dollars in shipments of, of that gas wow. overseas. They're just taking the gas, shipping it abroad, destroying mm -hmm. our coast in the process. Mm -hmm. you, you know, what is the state of Louisiana going to do to disincentive, disincentivize them from making $18 billion? Well, let's talk about <laughs> what some of the other states are doing. So, yeah. for instance, just a couple months ago, the state of Pennsylvania uh, sued Bear slash Monsanto. For those that don't know, Monsanto, like Dow, is a really huge chemical maker, plastics maker. Um, the largest manufacturing facility of... Uh, Roundup in the, um, right in the down world. The, right down the river. Ruling, down the street. Yep. Yeah, and so and the the interesting thing is, you know, just to you know, just to to give people a sense of Monsanto, um, they created DDT, which is now outlawed. Uh, they created PCBs that are now outlawed. They created Agent Orange, which is now outlawed. If you're watching, and glyophosphate is actually a a ripoff of Agent Orange. It's mm -hmm. a herbicide. That actually the Roundup you mentioned used to be used a lot in Colombia to to kill coca uh, plantations in the drug war. Colombia has outlawed it because of all the cancer and, and wow. death that's created. And what are we doing here? We're manufacturing it by the ton. Yeah, yeah. hundreds of tons. Totally. Today. And the so going back to Pennsylvania, um, they just got a hundred million. Their attorney general sued Monsanto, that's now owned by Bayer, for and got a settlement for a hundred million. Uh, Oregon, their attorney general sued, got a settlement for I think it was uh, what do I got here, six hundred ninety-eight million. Wow, that's what the um, attorney general is supposed to do. They're Ohio attorney general, eighty million. What did our what? Either of you, what has Jeff Landry gotten from Monsanto or the governorship? 
Oh, <laughs> besides that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Nice comeback. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, so the point being, you know, and I was thinking about this, you know, we've had this attorney general in place for eight years. Now he's our governor. We can assume that, you know, his administration is going to take a similar approach to the office. Well, we've seen his transition team, right? Mm -hmm. They are some of the owners of these refineries. Yep. Yeah. Who funded his campaign, right? Totally. And, and so... The work that they do behind the computer versus what they say on TV, right? Like Behind the money. Yes. yes is So they spend a lot of time and energy, and maybe either you can speak about this, uh, fighting against regulations, Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act. Um, Developing messaging so that the communities where their refineries mm -hmm. are, um, they spend a lot of their time, resources, and energy uh, developing messaging or places like this where people that work there and live there will just kind of well, it'll go away. Just shove that under the rug. I mean, the only thing I've seen, I saw Jeff Landry do as Attorney General was to kneecap the Environmental Protection Agency's investigation into systemic racism at the Department of Environmental Quality. Mm -hmm. There's no way to be in this state. And, and and pretend as if the black community doesn't bear a, a, an unfair burden of pollution. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and right now we're in a pitched battle in St. James Parish and the Descendants Project in Wallace, Louisiana. is ba They're battling for the lives of their communities. There's, there's, their not, a, there's not a mm -hmm. question that, that the black community is targeted with this. And yet Jeff Landry is AG absolutely kneecapped uh, the Environmental Protection Agency when it wanted to get to the bottom of this kind of racism. Mm -hmm. Well, Devin, how do we organize in spaces like this? How do we, like, really reach people and, and, and kind of build a little something? Education, education, education. Mm -hmm. um, it, when it comes down to people actually understanding what power they really have to shift the landscape around them, um, having them give a solid understanding that, you know, these, these, these council seats that are up for grabs, these state rep seats that are up for grabs that y'all have been electing the exact same person to for the last 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. maybe that person hasn't been actually working for you mm -hmm. or working for your people in their best interest, you know? Realizing that there isn't some isolated class of politicians that's able to go and run for office, that any of us who has a voice, who's willing to be active and involved in this process, can put our names on a uh, ballot and can run and can win. Mm. Um, Mobilizing a lot of these younger voters within the river parishes is, is, a, is a really critical element because as that older generation is kind of fading out, there needs to be a new generation that's standing within this uh, gap to let the petrochemical industry know that this generation that y'all have allowed to die off is not going to be the mm -hmm. end of our story. There is another generation that is growing, that is nurturing itself here in its communities. These are not communities that are going to be taken over and built out to become an expansion of an oil industry. It's going to actually be vested into. They're, we, you know, these, mm -hmm. are, these, are, these are people's lands, these are people's cultures, these are people's their lives. History, as you said, exactly, life. this is our history. Like their family and ancestral burial grounds where Formosa is just trying to bulldoze through and just push people aside. Exactly. And there's only so much the little guy can do, right? It's yep. David versus Goliath. This is the ultimate David versus Goliath. Throw the little stone, keep throwing them. And eventually you will crack the, the uh, 
I want to say the, the ceiling, but crack the foundation, actually. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes a huge difference. And a few people can stand up to the big bad guys and tell them this ain't right. We're not going to let it keep happening. Oh, yeah. Because environmental crimes, to me, are worse, almost worse than crimes against the person, right? Yep. That a person commits against another person. Because juridical entities like Exxon and Monsanto, they cannot be put in prison, right? And ExxonMobil as a corporation, we can't take them and put them in prison, right? Yeah. But they probably should be. Their executives make the decisions, though, right? Yeah. But the executives don't live here. They wouldn't want to live here. If, if you put an executive from mm -hmm. Exxon or Monsanto here and told them, you got to drink that water, you got to breathe that air, you got to plant your vegetables and eat that food, there's no way mm -hmm. that we should be able to pierce the corporate veil and go after the executives who are making the decisions, regardless of whether they're in this state or out of the state. Well, we can shine the light on them, you know, and we can show up everywhere and anywhere, uh, you know, like Devin, what you're talking about with some of the public meetings. And I know that you mentioned Formosa Plastics, you know, that's been a big uh, fight for some years of like, oh, this industry is going to save us with jobs and money or whatever, versus, no, this industry is going to destroy my neighborhood. And you've been involved in, in that fight with the Formosa uh, kind of coming in here and building a big old thing. Tell us a little bit about that. It was called a done deal when it was announced. And, and the people in St. James Parish, you know, f from certain quarters were, were mocked at even imagining that they could stop a $13 billion facility. And well, yet, who are, where once are the owners, again, by the way, of, of Formosa located? They're not in, yeah, they're they're in, in the United States. They're in Taiwan. They don't yeah. even live here. Yeah. And, and the local people stood up and said, you know, we don't want this, even as Formosa is coming in with all of their PR and saying, oh, these are going to provide jobs for the younger generation. That's what they're mm -hmm. saying. You know, the, the, and in fact, they, they, have, they have, you know, training programs in high school, right, to get people just starting to think that, they, that, that their only future is going to be working at this facility. But it's in a, it's in a, was an is an amazing thing to be part of. Just really solid uh, people who have a vi different vision for their community and who draw uh, a lot of power from the roots in this region. So, for example, Barbara Washington, one of the really important leaders in that Formosa battle, when she speaks, she stands up and says, "My great 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 grandmother Harriet Jones." bought 34 acres of land in 1874. Mm. And her family predates emancipation in this area. She's mm. buried here. Yeah, and, and, uh, and so that's an, and that's an incredibly powerful community if you look at it through that lens. And I think a really important part of our, all of our work is to find our power because the Formosa Plastics and Exxons and Marathons of the, of the world, of course, want to make us feel like we don't have any, mm -hmm. but, but we have quite a lot. Lost their hearts, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, us, I mean, and, and Formosa Plastics, as you brought up, is from Taiwan, and they're, and, and they're not allowed to build that facility in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. It violates the law there. It's, <laughs> it pollutes. Figure. The headline uh, of one of the news articles was, a plastics plant that pollutes too much for its own country. Mm -hmm. And so where does it come? To Louisiana, and why you know, and this idea that that we have, you know, economic development masqueraded or, or, or friendly as business. Yeah, friendly. well, it's actually you know, health destruction, environment mm -hmm. destruction, masquerading as economic development. Yeah. I mean, it certainly is an economic development. It's so just this, destruction. The, I mean, I've you know, people use the term fence line communities. You know, where, where did that come from, and, and why do we think of it like that, fence line communities? Because people live on the fence line. I mean, it's mm -hmm. that close. We're we're very near. We could walk in ten minutes over to the home of Margie Richard, 
a leader of a group called Concerned Citizens of Norco. And in the early 2000s, she was battling Shell because of its pollution. And we measured, and her home was actually 17 feet from the fence line. Mm. People live mm. unbelievably close. If you mm -hmm. go further down the road toward New Orleans, there's a little town of New Sarpy, and people's backyards actually are these huge petroleum tank farm tanks mm -hmm. that have you know millions of gallons of of highly flammable mm -hmm. gasoline jet fuel and, and they thing. light up every once in a while and right? the largest yeah. tank fire in in uh, world history was you know about 10 miles away from here mm -hmm. yeah yeah and a lot of these chemicals you know we find out that they leach out of their pro their what they're put in. Like let's How just do say, you find for instance, that out, the, right? Is the yeah. company, Is it because the company is telling people, or is it because they have eventually been sued and to set trial lawyers? Yeah. Get painted as the mm -hmm. bad guys, right? Trial lawyers are driving up insurance. No, trial lawyers like real ones like me. We actually engage in the discovery process, and I'm the only lawyer that I know of in the last. 40 years that has been able to get into the Marathon Garyville refinery, for example, and follow you know, various motions to get in there and take pictures. And as soon as you get in there, they're like, oh, no, we got to get out, get mm -hmm. rid of that case. Let's just pay them off and sh shove mm -hmm. them to the side. Mm -hmm. But it yeah. is a energizing voters and their communities kind of wake up, right? Don't wait till you have cancer. Yeah. Wake up now. Vote. Um, use your voice to actually make a difference. Yeah, I mean, so Devin, like with the recent fire in Marathon, I mean, what were, what were family members of yours saying? Like, do they smell it? Were they coughing? Like, what, what's it like to be in the middle of a refinery fire? I mean, I feel like sadly, the, the choking element of the different chemicals in the air, smoke, whatever it be, is a ongoing process. It's an everyday you know, Exactly, it's an everyday affair. Mm -hmm. There may have been an over kind of like saturation on this particular week where but that's just every day mm -hmm. you know that's you're talking about the fence line communities um in 2005 after the storm we relocated lived with my uh, grandmother for uh, several months my sister and i went to our lady of uh, grace which is a school that is less than 200 yards from the dupont dinka factory my grandmother lives two blocks this way that is less than 700 yards from the mm -hmm. DuPont Dinka factory. The words my grandfather saying, died of cancer, the you know. Mm -hmm. Who, who died had, of cancer? My uh, grandfather died of cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had family members that have been plagued with health conditions left and right. My yeah. aunt currently, she moved from Texas to help take care of my grandmother. And now she's experiencing vision issues. She's experiencing neurological issues. And of course, you can go and kind of chalk that up to, you know, things just happen. But is it really a coincidence that those things start happening when you move back to one of the most toxic places in the entire country? No. Yeah. I found it interesting when I read that uh, how the VA, the Veterans Administration, you know, when they were studying Agent Orange, you know, because they had all these, these Vietnam vets complaining, you know, about all these health conditions. And those folks all got a 100% disability. And, of course, as I was mentioning before, that product got totally discontinued. But the interesting thing is in their studies, they also found that, you know, of course, these were like all men in combat, that their children had a high rate of disabilities and, and developmental de defects and, and, you know, autism and cleft palates and all these other kinds of things. So we could probably even just, you know, look at the VA's disabilities to folks in Louisiana, which is going to be disproportionately young black men who were like 17, 19, 23 years old. And the children that they had 
in the 1970s and 80s. And then what does that do to feed our prison system when people are struggling from birth? Well, it creates a perfect uh, channel to mm -hmm. prison, actually. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. uh, asbestos has, is not illegal in Louisiana. It's not. There is asbestos in every single one of our lungs when mm -hmm. they come on. It only takes one fiber, right? And like Monsanto, the glyphosate, the latency period from the time of exposure to the development of disease is so lengthy that corporations are counting on you, you as a person who's been exposed to either forget or discount it to one of the other hundreds of refineries mm -hmm. or the cigarettes you smoked when you were 18, 19 or your genetic history. No, the genetic history that is perpetuated mm -hmm. even now is... Yeah. It's My stepfather, he was a pipe fitter his whole career. I don't think he ever made more than about $13 an hour. And, um, you know, he, he couldn't get his GED. You know, he just wasn't a very educated guy. He got asbestosis, uh, you know, working with these pipes. And, you know, he's part of some class action of, like, where he was working at a, at a large employer. And he got his, like, $15,000 check. And, and that was it, you know. Thanks uh, for your life and your service. Uh, yeah. And here's some suffering for you for the rest of your life. In the neighborhood not far from here, uh, there was a... I mean, there are lots of spills, but in particular from the chemical plant, which, which releases uh, methyl ethyl ketone, which is a known known to damage the de you developmentally. So if you're a mm. child and you're growing, it messes with your mind. Mm. And and that facility had a release, and kids, you know, there were pictures in the newspaper from that time, and kids were, you know, had had their sweaters over their mouth. It smelled that bad. All those kids in that neighborhood, of course, the adults too. And uh, you know, I'm trying to circle back around to your point about what does it do to people who are trying to develop, and and what does it do to your mind? And Suppress you. and yeah. and and then you know, people end up in jail. And mm. you know, did did anybody ever have a chance? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we, I mean, we almost need like environmental impact statements for every person who gets sentenced. <laughs> well, I talked to an investigator once who knew the job that I had done. I actually went to her to see if she could help us out with some of our work. And she said, and she she worked for a, for an attorney, and she did she went and you know looked up the the accused background and so forth. And she said, you know, so many times I go and 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 these guys grew up near a petrochemical plant. Mm -hmm. um, and and for me, you know, last night I was in a hearing and. People who were testifying in favor of this, you know, another polluter coming here were saying, we grew up in the oil field. We're used to the oil spills in our river and in our lakes and on our land. It's what we know. And, and you know, if, and if, exactly. exactly. But, you know, yeah. And, and yes. And, and, but it's, it's really, it's, it's something the way the whole system conspires to perpetuate itself, right? You make people sick. They can't go to work. They can't make a lot of money. They can't get educated. So then they're not, they're not the as smart as they might have been to fight back. And the pharma industry reaps the benefits of all of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, the largest employers are actually the hospitals. But when exactly. They <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like, yeah, Exxon does create employment. Yeah. Oncology nurses, yeah. respiratory yeah. therapists, right? Yeah. Absolutely they do. So another spot that we're, you know, looking out over is the Bonnet Carré Spillway, you know, which helps with flood control of the mighty Mississippi River, which obviously is the, the largest river in, 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 you know, the North American continent. It's been a huge source of trade and shipping you know, for hundreds of years, uh, waterways for people to get to and fro. 
And so, so we're like drought and then the salt water intrusion, you know, yeah. creeps up on you. All so of I, these things are related, right? Totally. But like, so on the one hand, you know, we have the obviously this like the petrochemical industry doesn't have to be right here. It happens to be here. Mm -hmm. Right. And the thing is, at the same time, we have this climate issue, obviously the saltwater wedge being one. But we are also in a hurricane alley. Yeah. And so of all the places to put all these toxic poisons, you know, in the middle of a hurricane alley, and, and this is kind of to any of y'all, if, if you're like, how sturdy are these things when it comes to our climate disasters and how much stuff ends up getting into the water, the air, the soil following a large climate disaster? It's the and root room. cause of the climate. I mean, to me, the we used to have, we, you didn't have um, flooding like you did before Katrina, you know, 50 years ago in New Orleans because there were protections uh, of the barrier islands, right? Those barrier islands are all but gone now. But the barrier islands out. for that, per, they were called the barrier islands because they protected the land mm -hmm. from big storms like that, right? We don't have those protections anymore. Mm -hmm. we, which, they're, all the ecosystems that go with that, like the birds and the plants, those are rookeries for, um, for birds as we know all the things that we love about louisiana they're they don't have anywhere to go mm. yeah and they're i mean they <laughs> bless, bless you, bless you. Thank you know, you. and they, they they drill quite a bit out there you know there's like a little bit out of sight out of mind because we don't have enough um, orphaned wells around in yeah and biden uh had had tried to put a pause on the the offshore drilling um and then the 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 landry uh Attorney General administration, including Liz Morrell, like fought back against that, you know, <laughs> and have fought back against any kind of federal regulation. And they even fought back against the ability for states to require some extra uh, permissions. So they fought back against states' rights to, to have control over their own environment. So, I mean, they kind of want it. What's what? the solution so just, to all of this? So there's just well, no, there's just no regulation. Well, yeah, they like local control when it is about banning books, right? Not when it's mm -hmm. about or women's bodies. Yeah, or yes, body. yeah. There you go. Hello. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what do we do, Ann? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we 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 do the same thing we've been doing for a long time. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's. I have friends who who see me and they say, I don't know how you keep going, right? Mm -hmm. But but actually when you're in, I mean, y'all must experience this in your work, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in the battle, you actually can see the strides you're making. Oh, yeah. Sure, we all see what a challenge it's going to be, right, to have uh, a Landry administration. But mm -hmm. I think we're smarter than he is, right? Mm -hmm. And we are on the right side. And uh, and and more people are being harmed by these these bad ideas than are being helped. And so for me, it's it's, you know, just continue doing what we're doing. I mean, what, what the, the real challenge now is that we win. It's that the onslaught is so immense, right? Mm -hmm. So the industry the has a plan against us. Yeah, they have mm -hmm. a plan to build or expand 110 facilities in Louisiana mm -hmm. in the next decade. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a lot, right? There's no question about it. But again, St. James Parish is the example. But do they pay property taxes? Do they contribute to right. the actual like right? Mm -hmm. Exxon Mobil pays less in property taxes to the state of Louisiana than I do. Yeah, but that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. So if you know, they want to build here and they want to expand. And it's great for business, but is it actually good for Louisiana? We're number 50 in just about everything we can yeah. think of. Yeah. yeah. So solutions, uh, A, elect me as your attorney That's, general, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> <I'm> one. <warned. laughs> 
it would be a reckoning on that. Yeah, days, and I think I think the be- really the best again this hearing that I attended last night. It, it was really it was prof- it was profound because you could see the nexus of so many ills of education and of disaster capitalism. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like people have been so polluted, and there's nothing else, so that all people can accept is more pollution is defeat and and what about different kinds of industries i mean look at where we are it is a beautiful place very beautiful the largest slave revolt in u.s history took place along this river where's the museum where's that museum where is the institute for the study of of you know of mass graves Mm -hmm. as an example i mean this is a place where they're you know enslaved bodies yeah right in the spillway here there should be some sort of of international center to study that and Mm -hmm. to and that you know figure out how to do that work best um the descendants project in saint john parish does amazing work as far as preserving the cultural resources of the area and and having an amazing vision for a different kind of economy here you know the film industry um small businesses Mm -hmm. the state of louisiana gave gave $13 $13 million to Formosa Plastics mm. for the jobs they were going to create. Mm-hmm. Okay, last I saw, they haven't created any jobs. No. What if you had given that money to people, you know, to hairdressers and yeah. barbers and small business people along the river? We've it would be thirty awesome. full-time I'll jobs. I'll take that $13 million. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It'd be transformational. maybe to, Thank to you. people who have been wrongfully imprisoned, yeah. maybe to make up yeah. for the time that they can exactly. never get back, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, clearly we can we can get a lot done, and I think we can talk about the the ills for a long time. And I know that we're all going to be working on the fight back and the solutions uh, following this. And I'm really happy that that the three of y'all came out here to this beautiful day um, in beautiful Louisiana. And despite all the pains around us. You know, we smile and we struggle on. We all got our shades on, except you. And uh, <laughs> and I just, um, I just curious if any of you have like some some closing thoughts uh, as as we sit here, Devin. Yeah. Just I, I love this state. Um, we we're talking before that uh, I really built out my organized career outside of Louisiana, and chose to come back home because I believe in the people that vested in me. You know, I want to invest in the state that gave me so much mm-hmm. um and so not just to uh just continuing fighting but more to continue growing our uh movement is a inspirational task for me it's a blessing to me to be able to be able to fight for a uh, better state for future generations to come and i'm one of those people that's naive enough to believe that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice it sure it does. Does. and it absolutely does. i'm optimistic enough to believe that we're just around the corner of mm-hmm. a better brighter day for our people so that's what's up and yeah. well i just came from uh further down the river or up the river i suppose and you know and, and talking just really matter-of-factly oh this this uh basketball court needs to be resurfaced this tennis court needs a new net and needs to be resurfaced in in neighborhoods that at this point are completely marginalized and completely overlooked and and the effect that some simple very doable actions can have on mm-hmm. really generating a different kind of economy mm-hmm. um, and different communities where people are prioritized mm-hmm. not these companies from who the hell knows where but actual people are prior are prioritized mm-hmm. I think it's very exciting and there's there's more energy and more uh, vibrance in this movement than I've ever seen, and that's that's a good sign for the future. Yeah, I'll take it, Lindsay. 
so much here to delve into, right? But I'm so glad I get to sit here, and I feel privileged to sit here with all four of you, by the way, not just uh, us three, because you guys have inspired me. I've been following your movement and supporting both of y'all's respective uh, organizations and causes for a long time. And now we have the opportunity to have an actual solution, right? Which, as a woman in, in Louisiana, it's weird for me to say this, but I'm the solution, right? Electing me as your next Attorney General of Louisiana. Uh, I ain't scared of these companies, as y'all know. Um, as the companies know, corporations don't. I'm scared of them. And it shouldn't be, you know, there are, the corporations have plenty of lawyers fighting for them. Mm -hmm. I will be a lawyer for the people I always have been. The people of Louisiana need somebody fighting back against um, all of this, and that's that's the immediate solution, at least come January, um, and we can start to to fix or at least uh, bring some reparation to the damage that has been done, and also inspire hope and encourage others to get engaged civically and otherwise, mm -hmm. run for office, believe in themselves know that if I can get here and you can get here and you, Devin, how we got here, each of our stories, how we ended up sitting here today mm -hmm. together, no one would believe us if you told them, if you told them that we would be sitting here together <laughs> now. No one would have ever believed really? Yeah, well, you know, my first Little League team I can remember when I was a little kid was playing for Monsanto. <laughs> and... I just thought of them as some building, you know, in, in, in the community, and, and they gave me a t-shirt and I, I swung the bat. Uh, wasn't a very good hitter, but I was a great fielder. But, you know, I'm really glad. Lindsey Cheek, thank you for, for, for chatting with us today. And Rolf, Louisiana Bucket Brigade, Devin Davis, uh, you know, I'm Bruce Riley, DJ Bruja, and we out. <laughs>